What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. I am here with my distinguished co-host. Oh, extremely distinguished. Dean Sweetman. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Mate, everything's up and everything's good. God's good. good. Life is good. Busy. Mm-hmm. Traveling a bit, which I don't really enjoy anymore, but, you know, yep. it's productive. Yep. You get to do it. And things are good, man. That's good. Yeah. That's good. You know, I'm, you know, it was something that I was not prepared for in being a new dad. Uh Oh, the, the like kid getting sick, you getting sick and then your wife getting sick and that's not lasting two and a half to three weeks. Just, you know what I mean? It's a thing. It's, it's like, it's, we're, we're now like three weeks into the like cold slash sinus infection (laughs) thing, working itself (laughs) all the way through the house. Yeah. And my God. You got a few more years left to go. I know. I know. Right. I know. And then when then they start going to school and it's just like then all those diseases come on. Yeah, it's just like a petri dish. Mm-hmm. Our house is just so. they're crawling around the floor, they, oh their God. hands are down their diapers. It's I know. Just all crazy. I know. I know. It's just, <laughs> it, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. Um hey, okay, before we get into our topics today, Dustin Johnson, have you read how much he's made in, in five months? Thirty thirty something million? Thirty something million dollars. The golf, the win, and he made some jokes. I think it was yesterday or today. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm so bummed to have made the decision. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right, right. I can't, yeah, to all you people out there who you know hating, I was yeah. like, whatever, yeah. man, I'm, I'm doing fine. I think yeah. they're all having a ball. Um, yep. I watched uh, not all of Bangkok last weekend, but um, you know, it's it's a startup. That's what you have to. That's what I love about it. I think that's why I'm at. I love golf. Yep. But. You know, Greg Norman is a. This is a startup. Now you, he happens yeah. to have two hundred billion <laughs> as as the seed round. Yep, <laughs> and they're literally like starting something from scratch, mm-hmm. which I think that's why I like it so much. Is it all Saudi money that's paying for live? Hundred percent. So what's interesting about that is I have a good friend who I I golf with. His name's Fielder. And he's just like all knows all the in all in all the golf world, you know. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's just he's he's a phenomenal golfer. But he um, was telling me that a lot of the, these big like YouTube golf accounts, so like Rick Shields, there's this one called Good Good, which is like these six guys. And we're talking these these are golf brands that right. get hundreds of millions of views a year, and right. have their own clubs and shirts and the whole right. thing. He says the Saudis have been funding them, for, right three or yeah. four years I, to just start no no saudi's that. been in golf for 10 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. saudi was funding pga tour events and dp world tour events and women's yeah. golf saudi's been in this and is, it, this, this, is this. it kind of all in prep of this live golf thing it seems like i don't know if that I mean, was the well, i just wonder what their interest is in it why golf you know well you know look the critics will say they're sport washing right they're using their dirty oil money to bring legitimacy to their human rights record, to right, which is all legit. Like, you know, they, there's some shadiness going on over there, right? Yeah. But look, you know, if you if you decided not to watch, listen to, or partake in something that you didn't agree with politically, yep. Like, you wouldn't be able to turn on the radio or listen to a a song, yeah. like. You know, I have you'd to have find to, you'd have to watch tr- TBN for the rest of your life, twenty four exactly. Exactly. And you go mad. I want to find this. Hold on. This, I actually just saw a meme 
from our from our friends at Theosu Memes actually about mm. that literally just the other day. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. It was great. It was like, um, hang on, they they post like you know so thirty memes a day, but yeah. it was so good. I, I I can't remember what what day it was. Oh, it was um, it was this one here, and it was like. I've renounced nationalism. I only belong to the church starter kit. And, yeah. and on it is like the Whole Foods logo, the ACLU logo, the Prius logo, Starbucks, <laughs> Twitter, uh, American Express. Basically, just in other words, like, yeah, everything we use is somehow tied back to and here's something funny that, we thing don't, in- that is not great for humanity, probably, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and there's, I think Greg Norman said this, he's uh, the the... Companies that sponsor the PGA Tour are doing about $40 billion a year with Saudi Arabia already. Right. So, like, you, there's no you, – you can't yeah. say this is right and that's wrong. You just got to right. go, this is sport. And, you know, I hope they do some good. They, they I saw on their website they started, like, a live to give, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. doing the charity thing. You're like, yep. hopefully some junior golf gets helped and they do something for the women's tour or whatever. But, like, I, I can't, you know, yep. like – not watch something because of what's going on. You could, can't watch anything. Right. No, totally. Totally true. Um, so, okay. I found, I, I read this hilarious article just earlier today. Um, and so I don't, I don't subscribe to business insider. I just never really have, but I saw mm-hmm. this article on tw- this particular article on Twitter that then led me to their site, which I think for like, it's like a dollar a month right now. So I like signed right. up or, or whatever, but so it's a business insider article. And what's funny is a lot of the VCs, on Twitter today have already been debunking this article. So, Oh really? Yeah. 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 But basically the headline was this. I made the headline of the article is this. I made $200,000 last year, ghostwriting tweets for superstar VCs. It takes me five hours a week, which is hilarious. hilarious. Now the backstory on this guy, cause I copy and pasted some of this to the doc, but what, what I didn't copy and paste is that the backstory of this is that this guy who's claiming to do this is a startup founder of a company that just raised a series C investment. And he says he has 120 employees, but he says, you know, I'm, I pay myself 130 grand a year. I live in a major city. So this is my side gig, which is hilarious to think about. Right. Totally. So this is why he does it anonymously. So this article says, but let's look through this. And, and because if you are like me and Dean, I know you have a Twitter, like, there is, there's just so much information on there and there are so many tech founders, venture capitalists that when I see how much they're tweeting, I kind of wonder, have always mm-hmm. wondered, like, do you work? How like, do you keep what, this up? How do you keep this up? How do you keep, yeah, how are you so knowledgeable on all this information that is so current and then at the same time build what you're building? So if this is true, this maybe, this maybe is the story behind it. But basically... He says this, ghostwriting tweets for venture capitalists is my side hustle. Last year, I made $200,000. Some VCs will pay me per tweet. I've done $100,000 tweet threads to announce a big funding round, and I've also done $100 tweets. Other VCs pay me per month. You know, for for five to 10 grand, I'll write 10 original tweets a month. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. When I read that, I'm like, you do two things on Twitter. You consume mm-hmm. or you create, right? Yep. What's my ratio? My ratio is 99% consumption. Same. Same. So the reason, so I'm looking at this going, 
I think I get this a bit because I sometimes I got I don't have anything to say, (laughs) right? Exactly. And if I do, I just I'm too busy to go and like get a thought thoughtfully do it exactly, and then write it that's coherent and it's no spelling mistakes and get it all and then edit it down to the amount of words. I'm like it's going to take me like twenty minutes. Yes, and so I don't write. Yep, exactly. Very early. And now there's this. And that's yes, it. So, exactly. It's mine is like sh- mine is basically like for a group of about seven or eight people mm-hmm. that I know. You know what I mean? Like it's about sports. It's about it's all over the place, right? Yeah. And now yeah. the Twitter Twitter algorithm rewards these threads, right. which like is this like micro blogging, which I get what they're doing, but it's yeah. basically rewarding you to take your blog and and do it on Twitter, right? Right. Right. So I I guess I get it. So. First of all, that is a hilarious and insane side hustle. And never heard of and it. if you're a writer listening, my God, find a niche and Yeah, maybe like entertainment people or like pick exactly. a niche. Yeah. I know that um I have a friend that works uh in comms for PR firms and they will regularly do that, right? So right. you know, the CEO needs to have a public face. Right. We're going to write your blogs. We're going to do your Twitter, all that kind right. of stuff. So if you're a writer, man, there's probably a niche here somewhere that right. will will pay you to write. But um, so the question is, is why are these VCs willing to pay so much? And then he says, to understand this, you have to understand the evolution of Silicon Valley and how startups get funded. So I'll kind of give you the quick version of this because it's, you know, whatever. Basically, early 2000s, the internet wasn't as big. Venture capitalists were not making the kind of money they were then. The deals were happening slower. There was fewer deals. Ecosystem Uh, was, what, 1% of what it is today. Exactly. Ecosystem was tiny. And so now you have obviously these levels of venture investors, and you sort of have the Mm -hmm. biggest of the big who don't need any kind of public face for deal flow. (laughs) But you kind of have this middle-of-the-road venture investor who generally is not leading an investment. They're kind Mm -hmm. of following, you know, they're kind of a supplement. Yeah. Uh, and so they're essentially having to use Twitter to differentiate themselves right. and essentially be somebody that a founder wants to have invest. Uh, which, um, yeah, it's 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 it, we talk about it all the time, right? It's deal flow. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're what they're trying to do here, I think, is just create deal flow, get noticed so they can get in on some rounds, you know, join some boards like whatever. Yep. They're just trying to, and if they're unknown and small or brand new VC, it's it's a way for them to get known and to get some deals flowing their way, right? Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. It's pretty ingenious. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it makes all the sense in the world, especially if you're mm-hmm. just getting started or, you know. Right. Um, here's one of the things that I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, so he basically just talks about how he just kind of does this all from like his phone and a laptop and just kind of does <laughs> it in, in real time, you know? Right. Um, he said, there isn't much of a filter between what I write and what gets tweeted. Twitter is so fast. You're either on the zeitgeist or you're not, you know, he said, most yeah. people will, will post close to a hundred percent of what I write. If it turns out to be a banger, that's great. If it's not, it gets deleted, <laughs> which is hilarious. It's like, right. Speaking of miss. But okay, here's what I thought was really interesting because there's obviously like the deal flow part of it where I'm an investor. I want people to know who I am. I want to be attractive to founders, whatever. But then he kind of goes on to talk about, and this is like the billion slash like succession type version of this that I thought was interesting. He says, uh, everyone involved in tech at a 
at a global scale has a political project. Most of them are open borders guys. They want to beat the immigration reform drum because they need to hire engineers. A lot of my clients are interested in, in tech policy and national security, uh, China deterrence, missile defense, the government procurement process. And he goes, I can help them sound like they're knowledgeable and in the weeds on this stuff. <laughs> Sometimes tweets about policy arguments can get pretty close to what you'd call an op-ed. Okay, so that's like really interesting that some of these founders are trying to move the needle on their business based upon what they're talking about on Twitter. Yeah, that's which some is like risky. that's some like third and fourth order. That's some chess, right yeah. there. Yeah, do I would I want someone else writing what I believe about things that I care about? Probably not. Right. <laughs> right. Which right. is what that is. So it's this disingenuousness. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. sure that's the right word. It's just, it's fake a little bit. Right. And maybe they, this is their position and they, hey, this is my position on this. Go and write it up. Get in the weeds. Yeah. Um, it, it's all just fascinating that how we value today, and here's our cross section with our faith, right? Mm -hmm. Like the value of your brand, the value of you, your image, okay, mm -hmm. is massive. We know that in the world. Um, yep. You know, we know, we know the power of a brand. We know when yep. you see the apple with the bite out of it, like, mm -hmm. boom, that's like mm -hmm. unbelievable. You see the Coca-Cola font, it's like, bam, yeah. that's, we know the value of a brand. But in the last 10 years, now people are brands or the right. last 15 years, but it's gotten, right. with social media, it's gotten off the chart, right? Mm -hmm. Every little girl is trying to look like King Kardashian. Yep. Teen suicides are up, like yep. the whole thing, mm -hmm. body dysphoria, like all yep. of this is going on. Image, yep. image, image, image. Yep. And Which that's happening in the church, that's happening in business, that's happening in everywhere, right? Everywhere. We are our brand. And right. yep. Yeah. So how Christ-like is that? How New Testament is that? Mm -hmm. Zero. Right. Right. And and so just if, if you're a believer, just don't get caught up in this. Right. Let, let your fruit announce who you are. Who you are. Right. Let what you do mm -hmm. um while no one is looking, mm -hmm. like tell like tell God who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm doing things that no one knows about, God sees it. So right. that's that's what I'm trying to impress. Mm -hmm. And like leave this, I've got to have my image in the marketplace to yep. sell wherever I'm selling bit. Like it's just so such antithesis to what we believe as Christians. Yeah. Well, that exactly. I mean, you know, he kind of closes out the article by saying we've been living in the metaverse for 15 years. We live in a technology meditated. Uh, uh, sorry, we live in a technology mediated reality. There are no facts. Narrative is the only thing that matters. Everything is propaganda. That's the world we're living in. And we're not going back. And to me, that's just like, while I get that from a pragmatic. I reject perspective, it. I reject it. And and. I can't be anything if I'm not authentic to myself who is made in the image of God, right? So mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. I, I think, and we've said this before when we've talked about people want to start companies and the content they create. If you, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But whatever you mm -hmm. do, do it as unto the Lord and, and, and have conviction think about it. it and have a conviction about it, right? As right. opposed to this, where it's like, he's literally saying there's a formula for yeah. growing <laughs> on social media that then results right. in money coming in the door or opportunity or whatever, yeah. but yeah. you're not, you're, you're just kind of playing the same game that everyone else is playing. Right. Exactly. And that's something we like to talk about is like, sure, there's a game we're playing, but we can't play it 
in some instances, we can't play the game in the same way. And in other ways, we can't play the game at all. <laughs> right. And, and that's where, and we shouldn't. 100%. Yeah. It's uh, it's fascinating. It, it gives you a little delve into, you know, and you've got to think that entertainment and celebrities have this mm -hmm. going on, right? Like they've yep. got to have people that, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Like literally managing their whole social media thing and it's all mm -hmm. staged and this and that. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't hey, believe I'm that could yeah. get caught up in any of that. Have you ever felt that pressure or had people try and get you to over the years say, yeah. Hey, if you if you did XYZ more, you just Yeah. Yeah, no, say, I mean no, I'm not into it. Like people have said stop it. You know, I've just never bought into it and I just right. hate things that are fake and Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to be myself. And if that's not good enough, that's fine. Yeah, that I, don't care. Yeah. I don't need more followers. I don't like, I'm just going to do what I feel like yep. God's telling me to do. And if it works, yep. I keep doing it. If it doesn't, I'll change, try something else. And yeah, you know, I'll fall over and fail a bit and, and have a win here or there and just keep it real. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's how I've lived it. And yep. just try to be as authentic as I can, you know, mm -hmm. on, who I am in Christ and my, mm -hmm. what my mission is at the moment and go and do it. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I just think, I think for me reading this is just, you just go, it, it's really easy to see all these other people doing all this stuff. Yeah. And you kind of just go, man, it's just not always what it appears to be, you know? And, yeah. uh, and it, look, if you don't have, you know, Jesus, it's everything is, you got to go and froth it all up and froth it up. Yeah. And it, it, Jesus is enough. Exactly. And so just go and, you know, go and trust in him and use your talents and go, go get it, man. Do what you're doing. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay. So, uh, next I want to talk about, um, uh, this other article, uh, that I read basically inside Amazon's deal, mach deal machine. So how the tech giant acquires companies, mm -hmm. uh, who's in charge and what it, and what makes it want to buy right now. So what makes right. them want to buy? So basically they've been, they've been on a buying spree, um, they're known for being like a disciplined buyer that moves fast and, and really aggressively. So I figured I'd just go over really quickly the companies they've bought, at least, mm -hmm. at least the, the big ones. I didn't yeah. realize they buy quite a bit of companies under the $100 million price point. Yeah. And, and in this article, it actually talks about how, uh, in many cases, a VP level at, at right. Amazon can make just that purchase. Like there's a story here about, about a guy who sold his company for $100 million to Amazon and never talked with a single senior executive at Amazon, Correct. which is just she shows you how big Amazon is, right? When you're printing that much money, right? The, the yeah. anything under a hundred, can you like, imagine? It, it, I'm going to sell my fruit. company to you for a hundred million, and I don't ever talk to anyone above a VP at your company. That's that's awesome. wild. Um, so they bought in 2017. They bought Whole Foods has been their biggest purchase for mm. almost 14 billion. They bought mm. MGM in 2021 for eight and a half. They bought One Medical, iRobot. They bought this year. Zokes, I don't even know what that is. Uh, they bought Zappos, Twitch, Jeez. Ring. Crazy story about Ring. I met the guy who founded Ring wow. um, right after he would. This was in probably 2012, right after he was on Shark Tank. The company was called Doorbot at the time. Right. I think and I he, saw that. He was literally, he was the same guy. He invented um, uh, uh, the, the, the first app that ever allowed you to transcribe a voicemail into text. Ah. And he sold that business and he started building iRobot with his own money. Uh, and he was running oh. it out of his house forever. Ring? And then, yeah, ring. Yeah, but it was called, it, it was called, what was it? it was Doorbot. That's what it was. Doorbot. Doorbot. 
And then, so they, they do Shark Tank. They send out, they pre, I think they do like a half a million units in pre-order. They sent out, this is crazy. They sent out their first pre-order uh, shipment and every single one of them was didn't work. <laughs> and so they literally had to create a fix and instructions on how to install that fix and send it wow. to every single one of their first users. That's when they rebranded as Ring. Got it. And Re came out into the market. And it, which is crazy. No, no. What an awesome message though. To such to a crazy message, founder. right? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Mr. Founder, you just put your blood, sweat, and tears into getting 500,000 pre-orders and they all bombed. <laughs> Literally none of them worked. A, a billion. What did they sell? 839 million. $839 million. That's insane. That's so, okay. Then anyways, so so here's the deal. They they broadly follow two main tenets. And this is this is kind of what I want to drill into when they're looking at buying something. Uh, never get into a bidding war. And always look for undervalued assets. Now well, that's one on one. Anymore. Those are both pretty like standard basic, you know, if you're going to go yep. buy stuff. Yep. But what it's interesting about this list. So there's synergies, mm-hmm. right? With the core business. Mm-hmm. So Amazon's core business is selling everything. Like to, I needed a, a golf travel bag today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to San Diego to play golf. Next week with a customer of the, who won a, a golf trip with me and Frank. Nice. So I'm going. <laughs> so I wake up and I go, oh man, I got, I need a golf bag. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, and I, my wife changes the password to Amazon so many times. So I have to get her phone. She opens it up. I search in golf travel bag. The first one that comes up was the Amazon approved one. I scrolled down to look at four or five. Then I go back to the Amazon approved one. It was $51 with tax. It was $54 and I made the purchase in one click. Yep. So that is Amazon's core business. I needed something instantly, mm-hmm. you know, within a day or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could have driven an hour into the PJ Superstore, into Salt Lake. And then I, you know, and I might not have been the there to get the one I want. That's like, and then mm-hmm. I solved my problem in 90 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Amazon's core business. So, but if you look, so Whole Foods, what is like, when you think about um, Instacart, what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? All of this kind of delivery, yep. that was such an amazing fit. They want to get into medical stuff, right? Yep. So they bought Pill Pack, One Medical. Yep. So there's a play there, mm-hmm. right? They, they entertainment, want to entertainment with MGM and Twitch, yep. right? On but what entertainment. Does, what does iRobot and Ring give you? Gives you people's data mm-hmm. in their house. Mm-hmm. So the, the Amazon yeah. Alexa thing, they, I think they put Alexa and all this stuff now. And it's, uh-huh. they're literally just gathering yep. just mountains of data yep. from the home, mm-hmm. you know, like MGM, right? So they're, look what they bought MGM for. Nothing. Like, yeah, I was, shock- I was shocked at that. And actually. dude, they're, I mean, that I was talking to Pauline about it because it's her world a little bit. Um, they're known for one franchise, and it's James Bond. That's it. They've got a bunch of other stuff, oh, but they yeah. own James Bond, and we'll own it forever. Mm-hmm. And so, fascinating. I just, yeah. So they just bought every James Bond film. They just appeared on my Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I'm on there watching something else, and well, it's like mm-hmm. 26 James Bonds I can go and watch mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, just they just bought a bunch of content to put on their Prime. Thing. It would be Amazing. fascinating to know, yeah, too, like if you think about the data that they're collecting and the data that they understand. So they obviously have Amazon 
Prime Video. So they're getting to see all the data on what people are watching, what yep. people are buying, what people are searching for. And then yep. at some point, someone on their business development team or whatever it is says, okay, this is the viewing profile of the Amazon customer. Mm -hmm what's a studio that owns the property like that's crazy we're not going to love oh, yeah. we're just we're not going to do a licensing deal with them we're just going to buy them <laughs> for, correct for nothing because i think i read they have 60 billion in cash right now uh yeah or something crazy like that yeah that's and insane. adding 20 30 a quarter it's mm -hmm. like so you know like twitch that video game platform right mm -hmm. that's what that mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. i don't know what the time is in that but they got a plan mm -hmm. and these these are all cash businesses they buy these things at certain multiples, you know, they're going to pay 10 times, 20 times, you know, revenue, but they're going to own them forever. And these are good things are going to just grow in them. And then they can put the, the reason to do M&A is to not just acquire a technology or a product or a service, but you also get the customers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then with those two things, a product and customers, and I already own other customers and other products. Right. Now, what can I put in the circle of happiness yeah. and sell? Let's say I buy a, a, a you know a company that's got five thousand customers in there. Mm -hmm. Now I've got five thousand more customers to sell other things that yeah. I have. Right, and it just becomes this like infinity loop when I'm just acquiring all this, all these products and all these customers, and I start selling everything to everyone, mm -hmm. and and so the company grows much quicker than if it just stood alone because it doesn't have the network effect of you know having Whole Foods, like physical stores. You know, most Whole Foods now, I think all of them, that's where you take your Amazon stuff back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? So and now I don't want to return. Check out, you scan your, you scan your Amazon well, and, and thing. I just, and I just took the return, but then I went and bought the bread and the milk I forgot I needed. Mm-hmm. It's like genius. It's genius. You know, the other thing that this article said that was genius was they don't, none of their deals now include stock anymore. It is 100. Yeah. They prefer 100% cash, cash. Deals, which yeah. is just even more a baller move to just totally. say, we are, we are just going to straight up buy you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, every, like if this was a PE firm doing this, every PE firm has a version of that too. At a certain level, they just cash. They just want you at mm -hmm. usually bigger deals. They want the owners to hang around so they do stock with them. But right. yeah, this is just this is just epic, man. I mm -hmm. look. I, I I don't know if Jeff Bezos is a good guy. He's not running things day to day anymore. But um, I mean, what what a phenomenal legacy. I know. You know, and you yeah. could probably poke holes in a lot of this and go, mm -hmm. oh, they're not doing this and they're bad for this and they're not good mm -hmm. for the environment. And that I would argue the opposite. But yep, man, what. Mm -hmm. What a phenomenal company Amazon yeah. is. I just love yeah. it. Yeah, it's crazy. So I think lastly, it, it says this, um, they like to move really quickly. Uh, yeah. Maybe this is where we can make some application, you know, to some for some stuff that people that are listening are working on. But basically they say, by moving quickly, Amazon keeps pressure on its acquisition targets. The longer the negotiations take, the more likely a deal can fall apart. And I have found that to be true, like in the smallest of deals that you are trying yep. to get done even just selling a product at a company you know like that right. is like age-old wisdom the longer yep. it goes on the less the likely it is. it is to happen would you say that right. that would be a, a pretty For sure yeah but these are big ticket things too man you think about it like this is giddy money you know i've sold i've sold real estate that's worth millions of dollars mm -hmm. you know and um yeah it's it's you, you're trying to get the deal done big deals take longer typically 
But mm-hmm. you know, these guys have a playbook and I and it would go something like this pile up cash. Mm-hmm. Corp dev guys are scouring the planet for deals. Um, maybe Jeff or the new guys, Andy, is like, hey, we wanna we feel like this is a synergy thing. We don't we're not in it yet, but it fits right next to us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think pill pack was the automatic prescription thing. Yep. I think one medical is clinics, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, let's this pill pack thing's for sale. So let's get that for seven fifty. And then, you know, later on, they they now they want to provide medical service. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've just piled the cash up, got the deal guys looking around the world, and then literally, can you imagine being a like a founder or owner of one of these companies and you get right a now. call from like Apple, Amazon, Google, like like how does that even I know. Like if I got a call, I'm trying to, you know, I'm a kind of little cog in the world mm-hmm. here. If I got a call from like someone like that. And they said, hey, we'd like to enter in an exclusive negotiation. Find an NDA. We want to go exclusive for 60 days and talk to you about acquiring your business. That's how that's how the call would go. Yep. And you'd go, okay, send me the NDA. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send it to my lawyer, make sure I'm yeah. not saying find something stupid. I'd mm-hmm. sign it. And then like I'd literally like, okay, what's the offer? Mm-hmm. And I yep. bet you they just come in and they go, baller, bam. Yep. We've looked at all this. We've done the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like we're not, we're not going to haggle. Mm-hmm. We're going to come in full fair price. And then you might get one, like one comeback, you know, you, mm-hmm. they might say, Hey, we're coming in for 500 million. Yep. And then you're like, well, it's, that's, that's 10 times value. And right now the market's paying 14 times value for companies like me. Yep. Let's go 650 and they're mm-hmm. going to probably go down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how that would go. Yep. It's like, yep. uh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was reading this thing here that they're one of their big things too is like Ironclaw NDAs. And especially if they're talking about acquiring a public company, they actually yeah. want to move quicker because yeah. the, chances the, stock leaking, price the, chan- the chances of it leaking are, are way higher in a public company totally. because it's like, it's hard to keep that many mouths closed. And yep. then, yeah, the deal, they, they lose basically all leverage on the price of the deal because the minute the market finds out, it's game right. over. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So, so fascinating. Yeah. If Amazon were to ever call me for a business I was building, <laughs> <laughs> I can you imagine? You, you don't ever just say, no, nah, I'm good. No, thanks. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Cause everyone has a price. And at some point you go, man, the, you know, you're crazy not to, unless you're the guys who sold Instagram for a billion. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? That thing's worth 50 mm-hmm. or oh, oh, 200 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's Something worth crazy. Like, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Billions of dollars. So anyway. Yeah insane hallelujah it's all relative exactly right that's exactly right awesome well as always this has been fun um, always and uh if you're listening we are uh man we got tons of podcasts launching we just launched the osu memes we announced the brother terry podcast which he announced on the memes podcast oh i haven't i haven't seen so, the, i watched the first half but yeah apparently I, I got a mention so that was you did was, exactly yeah, yeah yeah you may be on the other end of a prank call um, Any moment. And I then we it. got an amazing comedian, Taylor Ransom, who's launching a podcast, I believe, on October 22nd. Love it. We got kind of like a church history and a theology podcast by um, this amazing uh, minister preacher out of New Zealand, actually Australia, excuse me, called uh, Eagle and Child. And it's basically a deep dive into historical church church history figures so man i can't wait c.s lewis so she's already done one season and she's coming on board to do the second season and continue with us so that's launching the end of october and then we got a bunch more coming so come on you know 
Vast is growing. It's, it's fast. It's yeah, it's growing, man. It's all happening. So, all right. Well, hey, listen, if you're listening and you got any topic ideas, thoughts, questions, hit us up. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, you can email me, mw at fast.faith, and uh, we would love to answer your questions or talk about, you know, what you want us to talk about. So we will talk to you next week. Dean, thank you, man.